the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Coming up on eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Friday, which will be a true free-for-all Friday on this uh, sixth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah, we've got one guest scheduled for the program today. Obviously, with Roe versus Wade and abortion rights versus the right to, you know, not be murdered. Uh, as that continues to lead the conversation nationally after the leaked document, the leaked draft opinion from the uh, uh, Supreme Court. Since we're talking about it, we're going to go to one of the sources. We're going to go to the Ohio Right to Life today, coming up in an hour at 1010. We're going to talk to Elizabeth Whitmarsh. She's the director of comms for Ohio Right to Life. Got a few questions for the Ohio Right to Life. I'm sure we'll we'll all agree and celebrate the uh, potential of overturning Roe versus Wade. It is not a lock at this point in time, by the way. It is not a lock because we don't know a if that draft opinion was finalized, if it was uh, something that was being worked on because it was confirmed 100 percent, or if maybe the actions of the radicals who don't believe in our democratic process, who do not believe in our three um, uh, branch system of government, three separate co-equal branches of government, don't believe that the judiciary should have a role like this, uh, if they are able to intimidate and frighten and harass the, the justices into not releasing the opinion that they came to in a 5-4 to four or 6-3 to three vote. Either direction, either way. Um, we're, listen, we're going to talk about it again with the Ohio Right to Life. That'll be coming up at 10:10. But the reality of the situation is that um, we we don't know exactly what is going to happen and how it will all, will all play out. But the outcome is going to be significant either way. Because of course, if the justices are pressured into 
or harassed into or intimidated into not releasing their opinion or changing their vote or anything of this sort, then we will cease to be a free country. Don't, don't overstate it, Bob. Don't be hyperbolic. No, 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 you don't understand. If this draft opinion is real, and if it was going to be released, and Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned, and it was going to be up to the individual states to decide how they want to be with respect to murdering babies or not murdering babies by law, um, and it is stopped by protests, by threats, by intimidation, by attacks on churches. Yeah, that's a thing. They're doing that now, too. Uh, by attacks on the justices and their families as they are being doxed by the left and maps to their homes are being printed and distributed to radical pro-death party members. If all of those things lead to a change in what the justices were going to do, the country's over. I want to say this as directly as it can be stated. This country's survival depends upon the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Can I be any more clear? Because if they were all set to overturn Roe versus Wade and then they balked, then they said, no, not going to do it, then proof will be delivered to every radical in this country that they can do anything and they can stop anything. If they do not follow through with their plan and according to the if the draft opinion is real, if they don't follow through and actually deliver the, the vote and 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 make it law that the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision is overturned. If they don't follow through, then the radicals will know they can riot their way to anything that they want, to any outcome at all. Police won't be able to stop them. Military won't be able to stop them. Anything that they don't like, they will now know they will have a green light. Riot long enough. Threaten, harass, assault enough innocent people in their homes Long enough. Threaten, harass churchgoers. Long enough. Threaten and harass whomever needs to be victimized in order to get our way, and we can make them take it back. That's the precedent that would be set here. So I say to you today, I wouldn't have said this a week ago, that the survival of the country depends upon overturning Roe versus Wade. I wouldn't have said it a week ago. Now, I would have said a week ago, I want it to be overturned simply because I'm kind of in the anti-column of murdering babies, the murdering babies discussion. You know, when it comes to baby dismemberment, uh, you know, baby uh, uh, suction, uh, when it comes to uh, sucking out the brains out of a hole in the back of a baby's head while in utero, you know, when it comes to those things, pro-con, yeah, I'm going to go con on that one. I would like it to have ended a long time ago. But now I can tell you that it simply must happen or else the country is lost. Now, I do not believe that is hyperbolic. I do not believe that is an exaggeration. I don't think that's an overstatement. I don't think it's melodramatic. I think it's legitimate and it's real. You tell me. If they retract their vote and retract the opinion because of the radicals attacking police, attacking state capitals, attacking churches, having uh, the maps to justices' houses to be able to harass and intimidate 
their families. I, I, I just I have no other way to say it. If they if they know that those things will change the opinion of the Supreme Court, well, then they will use those tactics to change every congressional vote, every presidential action or order that they don't like. So this is where we sit. It is literally that important. All right, uh, before we go into any more depth on this, I think we should probably go ahead and uh, pay our respects and recite our allegiance to the flag that represents this great country. So, patriots, if you would go ahead and rise. I got another beautiful email yesterday, by the way. I don't know if I have it handy. Just uh, there, was a, there was a woman who is a listener who just said she listens every day, and she so appreciates the opportunity to stand uh, in solidarity with so many other patriots listening now in thousands of homes or cars uh, pledging allegiance to this country because it matters so very much. And I thank you for that. And everybody who has sent me similar messages and pictures of your flags, uh, I really do appreciate it. So let's go ahead and rise and face those, uh, face those flags. If you don't have one, that's all right. But put your hand on your heart and join us in this pledge. If you are in the pro-death cult, if you are a believer in extremist, radicals, intimidating and harassing people in their homes and at their places of worship in order to be able to defend the uh, killing of babies, at any stage of pregnancy, well, then you don't believe in the liberty that the United States of American, America's flag represents. So you don't have to do this. Take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. The rest of us, well, we've got this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty, and justice for all. So in case you did not hear a portion of the story that I was just talking about since the release of the, uh, or the leaked draft opinion, um, the radical leftists, the radical baby killers, the pro-death party, and if you are just new to this, by the way, pro-death is the actual correct term here because there are pro-lifers, and then there have to be people on the other side, which is pro-deathers. They like to use the word choice because they're weak and they have no confidence in their positions. They're betas. They refuse to own the moment. The opposite of life is death. Look it up. Look it up in any thesaurus. Look for synonyms and antonyms. Antonyms are opposite. Opposite of life is death. Therefore, the opposite of pro-life is pro-death. Not pro-choice. You won't find that. So the pro-death cult has decided that what they're going to do is go directly to the justices themselves. And what they have done is they have found and doxed, if you will, released the addresses of the Supreme Court justices themselves, particularly those who are um, more constitutionally originalist in their in their judicial philosophy. In other words, the, the conservative-appointed justices as opposed to the leftist activist judge, uh, judges. And um, they have printed maps to their homes so that their families can be harassed, so that their lives can be completely turned upside down and disrupted. And so Peter Ducey, once again, it's almost always Peter Ducey, uh, asked Propaganda Patty on her last day on the job, I guess this is going to be her last day on the job, Actually, no, she's she's leaving on May 13th, beg your pardon, but yesterday they introduced her replacement, which we'll talk about in a moment. But Propaganda Patty was asked if the Biden administration, she's the mouthpiece for the Biden administration, 
Does the Biden administration support the doxing and the printing of addresses and maps to the homes of Supreme Court justices for targeted harassment because somebody doesn't like an opinion that they may or may not actually have and may or may not actually release? The response is so extraordinarily telling. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it. We we want it, of course, to be peaceful. So to clarify propaganda, Patty's point of view and thus Joe Biden's point of view. She's the White House press secretary and spokesperson of the president. The president believes that because there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of sadness for many, many people across the country about what they saw in that leaked document that they can protest and harass whomever the hay they want, wherever the hay they want, including at the private residences of the justices, because they're angry and they're fearful and they're sad. Well, Propaganda Patty, you know who else was angry and fearful and sad when Roe versus Wade, uh, Wade was decided in 1973? You know who was angry? You know who was fearful and you know who were sad? People who don't believe in murdering babies and ripping them limb from limb. People who don't believe in infanticide were fearful, were angry, and were sad. And you know what we don't agree with and believe in despite our anger and our fear and our sadness? Going to the private homes of people like Supreme Court justices, tormenting them, their families, their neighbors. We don't believe in that. You know what else we don't do, those of us who are angry and sad and fearful? You know what else we don't do? And, and this, is, this is kind of important, too. We don't threaten other people with bodily harm. We don't threaten violence upon innocent people to make our points. You know who does do that? The pro-death side, in the pro-life versus pro-death debate, only one side is actually on video threatening and promising and calling for bodily harm to be inflicted upon innocent people who have nothing to do with anything, having to do what is done inside of the halls of the Supreme Court. And that is the pro-death side, and why not? The pro-death side believes inflicting in violence, believes in inflicting of violence upon unborn, defenseless children trapped in, 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 in utero. They believe in inflicting violence upon them with sharp, bladed weapons. So why wouldn't they believe in doing the same thing to people who are already born who disagree with them on, on the uh, subject of being pro-death? They're calling for violence. At churches this Sunday on Mother's Day, they're calling for violence 
upon police officers. They're calling for violence upon people with whom they disagree. They're on tape. They're not hiding it. And that, my friends, if nothing else, if you are somewhere in the middle, and I don't know how you could be, but if you're somewhere in the middle of this argument and you just don't know what you believe, use that to be your determinant. Use that to break the tie. Pro-lifers believe in the protection and the sanctity of life. Pro-deathers believe in not only the death of innocent babies, but the uh, the infliction of violence upon people uh, that support life. They're calling for it. They're demanding it. And when it comes to the Biden administration, how does he feel about targeting justices at their homes? Well, you heard propaganda, Patty. We have no official position on that. We hope things are peaceful. But we do recognize that people are angry and they're fearful. And they're sad. I would note one other group of people that is angry and fearful and sad, and that would probably be the infants, the babies, the pre-born human beings with their own little heads and their own little hearts and their own little fingers and their own little arms and their own little legs. I'm going to assume that when each of those is cut off in the womb by a murderer, They're probably angry, they're probably fearful, and they're probably pretty sad. But I guess their emotions don't count. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 925 on this free for all Friday edition of Always Right Radio online at alwaysright.us. We'll update you on what's on the webpage here in just a bit. I, I, I want to underscore the extremism with which we are dealing right now. You, you know what's really bizarre is that President Brandon called the MAGA movement the most extreme political organization in in the history of the United States. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. I'll say that knowing full well, and you probably do too, that his party was the party that literally created the most extreme political movement and organization in the history of this country, and that would be the Ku Klux Klan. And, and and it was a it was a group of Democrats, and Joe Biden is intimately uh, acquainted and affiliated with this movement, because one of his very very best friends and a man he considered his mentor in the United States Senate, Robert Sheets Byrd, a man at whom Joe Biden delivered his eulogy at his funeral. The man was a grand cyclops, which meant he was in charge of recruiting for new members and new chapters of the most extremist hate group, political hate group in U.S. history. But Joe Biden thinks that the MAGA movement that wants to save babies' lives is the most extreme group in American history. How about that? But just just to underscore what we're talking about here when we talk about real extremists, Georgia Senator Raphael Warnock, when asked, do you support any legal limits on abortion? 
refused to name one and said, I simply support a woman's right to choose. Democrat Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, who's running for Senate, asked very directly, are there any limits on abortion you would find appropriate? I don't believe so. No, he replied. Do you understand what these people are saying? Abortion on demand at any stage of gestation. Abortion any time for any reason. Ninth month, third week, couple of days away from delivery. Eh, I changed my mind. Not really feeling it. Not really down with being a mother at this time. I, I thought it was good, but I don't think so. Hey, Doc, handle this business for me. It's a health care decision. That's what this is. This is a health care procedure. And that doctor would then have to, par- would have to perform the most horrific abortion of abortions. That doctor would have to perform what is called a partial birth abortion. That doctor would have to, and I'm going to say what I said on the Dennis Prager show yesterday, and if it makes you lose your breakfast, good. Because if you don't know what it is, then you don't know what to fight. A partial birth abortion would involve in a, I can't use the word doctor to describe the barbarians that would do such things, but the abortionist would have to literally dilate the woman, reach inside, twist the baby around, and start to pull it out of the woman's body by the feet, all the way past the hips, all the way past the torso, all the way to the point where only the head is still inside the mother. Kill the music. There's no, there's no backdrop here, no. Then the abortionist, with the head only still inside the mother, because if there's one more accidental push, the baby's born, and doing what they are about to do to it would be cold-blooded, premeditated murder. But as long as the head stays inside, the doctor can slip an instrument, a bladed weapon, Inside the mother, puncturing a hole into the back of the head of that child. Then removing the bladed instrument and inserting a suction device to literally remove the child's brain from the inside of its skull. Then, and only then, can the mother push and expel the rest of the child from her. Do you see the difference between premeditated murder of a baby and a woman's health care decision? It's about three or four inches, which would be the size of a baby's skull as it was delivered. Three or four inches late, and it's murder. Three or four inches early, with it still in utero, at least that part of the body, and now it's a health care choice between a mother and her doctor. Now you tell me which side is the extremist in this discussion. Now you can play music, and now we'll have our news. We'll come back. I want your phone calls at 216 
1420 The Answer. When the world is upside down and the majority turns to the left, turn to the right, always right. With Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. 938 on AM 1420, The Answer, Always Right Radio, live online at alwaysright.us. Let's check the website. Trending now on alwaysright.us. Lead store and alwaysright.us this morning, you will find a photograph of one of the most beastly things you'll ever see. It's a photograph of Joy Behar, because yesterday... On The View, Joy Behar threatened to withhold sex if Roe versus Wade isn't held up. Yep, she's threatening a sex strike. That's what Joy Behar is doing. And I think I speak for the entire population of males who are of sexual age in the entire United States when I say, Can you freaking dig it? Deal, Joy You will also find Dementia Joe's video in which he does indeed declare what I showed you before. 75 million MAGA voters. They are the most extreme movement in American history. This is a man who supported. This is a man who supported and was best friends with a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And it was a grand cyclops, in fact, uh, in that organization, Robert Byrd. He doesn't understand the meaning of the word extreme. Top stories include the White House defending peaceful protests at Supreme Court justices' homes. Uh, town hall story from, uh, or excuse me, a story from Town Hall. The Alito Five, as the five yay votes to overturn Roe versus Wade, must stay the course. A compelling argument made there. Read that story. University directing students to practice with pronouns. Yes, they continue to indoctrinate and to misinform and miseducate our children. An Arizona lawsuit accusing a school district of keeping opposition research on parents who have complained about some of the curriculum. They're literally keeping notes, oppo research on parents. That is staggering. The University of South Carolina holding a white student accountability meeting. If you're white, you must be held accountable for being so. That's a Fox News story. The Department of Homeland, or excuse me, Health and Human Services. The secretary says taxpayers should fund the genital mutilation of children, all in an effort to affirm their mental psychosis. And pro-life Democrats sounding off on the Supreme Court leak, distancing themselves. These are pro-life Democrats who disagree with the pro-murder crowd, distancing themselves from the national policies. They read all of those stories now. The featured radio interview on Always Right Radio right now is the interview I did uh, uh, with Bill O'Reilly two days ago on Killing the Killers. If you missed that one, you can listen to it now. It is right there at Always Right Radio. You will also find, by the way, yesterday's interview with Dave Rubin on his new book, Don't Burn This Country. AlwaysRight.us. AlwaysRight.us. And now that we're all up to date on what you can find there, let's go to the phones. Joe is in Cleveland. Joe, thanks for waiting. You are on AM 1420, yeah, I- The Answer. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. Um, if there's a scenario, let's say there's two sisters, one announces to the one sister that she's going to have an abortion. So the other sister is a pro-life and doesn't doesn't want it because that could be her either niece or nephew because there's a familiar you know line there. Right now, could the sister go file in the court a cease and desist to protect her nephew or niece from getting murdered? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Um, Would they even uh, accept the 
the file? Like they can dismiss it, but at least could you no, I don't, file? I don't think anybody can file a, a charge uh, with a court or with the police or anything else. I mean, you know, in a, in a in, in a strange sort of way, if we truly, truly became a pro-life society, the kind in which if somebody saw a human being, or excuse me, let me rephrase, if somebody saw a person uh, literally about to stab an infant to death in the middle of a street, they could absolutely right. go and call for law enforcement to try to stop that immediately or try to save that baby's life, or at the very least, if they couldn't save that baby's life, prosecute that person for that crime, sure. If we recognize that babies outside the womb, uh, or excuse me, inside the womb, should have the same protection as babies outside the womb, then yeah, what you're saying, you know, somebody could try to save the life and intervene and save the life of a child by going to the law enforcement agencies or the courts. But we're not there. Uh, at this point in time, I think the only thing that could be done is, and there are some some bills like this in some states where um, a lawsuit can be, excuse me, not a lawsuit, rather, but, uh, well, yeah, I guess somebody can bring legal action against the doctor who participates in and commits uh, the, the, the crime of infanticide via abortion. That's about the only now, people you can go after is the docs. Could she, could she file something to know what the... Like for an autopsy to know if the instrument was used to kill the baby? Again, I doubt it. I doubt anybody, even a oh. family member, can do anything like that. Oh, no, okay. No, no, I mean, you know, at this point in time, it, look, and thank you for the call, my friend. If if, um, if a woman who is, is carrying a baby, and you notice, by the way, anytime someone is pregnant, they don't say, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a fetus. They never look down when they're when their when their stomach bulges and say, "Oh, the fetus kicked," they don't say that the embryo kicked. They say, "My baby, look, he's kicking." Um, just have to point that out. Um, if a woman carrying a baby is is determined to kill that baby, um, the only people that could be involved in that decision are that baby and the abortionist. Again, I hate to use the word doctor because doctors imply medical care. Doctors imply, uh, um, you know, providing services to to do no harm. The the, the 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 Hippocratic oath for crying out loud. And of course, killing a baby does a lot of harm. So I don't call them doctors. But the abortionist could be held liable depending on the laws in the state. And isn't that what this is all about? Roe versus Wade being overturned does not automatically outlaw abortion. It simply says it's up to your state. And again, blue state dwellers, you want to kill babies? Well, then you can continue to do so as long as your representatives say so. Red state dwellers, you don't want to kill babies? Well, you're in good good luck because they're not going to be allowed to kill babies, or at least not without significant restrictions. And why the blue staters must insist and force their murder and infanticide dreams upon people in other states where they don't live is beyond me. And if you and this is the beauty of having the United States of America. It's the beauty of having fifty different governments, fifty different governors, fifty different state legislatures all decided by the membership and the citizenship of those states. If you don't like the rules in one, move to another. That's the beauty of it, right? I mean, you know, you look at uh, European countries, for example, or even, you know, uh, well, I I can't speak to Canada because there are different provinces, uh, and maybe they do have different governments making different rules there. But I do know that in the United States, if you don't like the very, very, leftist and liberal laws that allow murder on demand in California, you can move to Texas. And if you don't like the, hey, we protect babies' lives here, we don't believe in killing babies with sharp instruments, we think that's a bad thing in Texas, well, then you can move to New York. 
and get your murder on. But that's the beauty of having a country like the United States of America. Are we all one country? Yes. But do we all have to follow the same rules in every single state? No. That is the, that is the, uh, the, this is what we were gifted by the founding fathers. The states make up their own minds. Let's go to Shaker Heights now. John, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, John. Good morning. Good morning, John. I think this may end up mobilizing some of the militias to go and protect these poor, uh, the justices of the Supreme Court. I mean, that's the only way to stop these lunatics. Well, I'll tell you something. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, not for the purposes of not protecting the justices, because I, well, I, I think the motives would be true. You know, you know, their motive would be honorable to go and protect them. But you know as well as I do, if if militias or, or groups that are pro-life show up and try to separate the fanatical extremist pro, pro-murder pro side or pro, pro-death crowd from, you know, getting at the justices, well, the pro-death crowd is going to have Antifa there. They're going to have weapons. There's going to be a, uh, a few words, and then pretty soon it's going to be on, like it was in Charlottesville, for example. And, of course, uh, the media will find a way to make it the pro-life crowds uh, and defendants crowd, the, the militias, if you will. Uh, they'll find a way to make it their fault. So I certainly Wasn't hope nothing that, like that happens. Isn't releasing the, that information illegal? Yes, it is. Or at least it used to be. Uh, you weren't allowed to. That, that's called doxing, and and for, especially for the purposes of intimidation and harassment of public officials. Yeah, uh, that is supposed to be illegal. Now, will they? You know, will there be an investigation to figure out who actually released it? Apparently not, because at the highest level of government, the president, uh, by way of the mouthpiece, uh, 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 Jen Psaki, said we don't have an official position on that. So <laughs> there's not going to be any. There's not going to yeah, be any investigation. You know, to figure out, hey, who released this? Who made these maps to the justices' houses so that we can prosecute them? They don't want to prosecute them. They want to give them a commendation. They actually like it. What about a state attorney general that's in that area? Well, uh, if I suppose, yeah, that's possible. It would take uh, it would take some courage, <laughs> uh, but it's possible if you have the right state attorney general, uh, you know, who wants to investigate this and find out who did this. I suppose, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, there's going to be nothing but a little misdemeanor citation. There wouldn't be anything that would stop anybody from doing it again. Mm-hmm. So, all right, my friend, thank you for all the right. phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, let me go to BJ next in North Olmstead. Hi, BJ. Yes, Bob. Uh, being graphic about the abortion, I think you're going to have to be more graphic about other uh, situations going on, and you addressed it very well about abortion. I'd like to bring something else up that I think is very critical. I mentioned it on your program and on uh, Tom Kelly's show. What the banks have done now is induced depression, like they did in, in the 20s, when the 1929 crash. And all these people that have these homes that are seeing their rates go up on their interests is a form of causing a serious depression and also to distract about what these bankers are doing and ultimately up to, and that's the one-world government. And you're going to be finding yourself in the coming weeks becoming more and more aware of this. They're going to bankrupt a lot of these people that own these big, beautiful homes all over the country. And when this starts to begin, that's when you're going to start to see an uprising of a different population. Remember, the generation of 1968 are now in their 70s and 80s. And they have also had children and grandchildren. There's an attitude that's out there that has that's going to be awakened. And when that's awakened, you're going to see some serious problems in our country. So be very aware of that. 
the coming depression that's caused by the worshippers of the golden calf, like that minister says on your program from time and time, has come to fruition. So become aware of it. Thank you for your time and good yeah, job th- today, Bob. Thank you, BJ. And I think it is almost impossible not to be aware of that right now. Uh, I completely agree with you, and uh, and that is something we are going to have. I have to obviously be on guard for. Uh, thanks much. Uh, let's go to Sally in Berea. Hi, Sally. You're on Always Right Radio. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, This is regarding, um, of course, it's so egregious uh, for the uh, promotion of partial birth abortion, but some states are even trying to justify the perinatal after the baby's born that it's okay to not feed them and that type of thing, which to me is legally would qualify as murder. And then the other comment is... Somebody said, um, as far as abortion doctors, if they don't consider the the um, consider it to be a baby, then how come they're harvesting the organs for yeah. transplant if it's not a human baby? I very um, much think uh, it's such a tipping point if they allow uh, protesting at the um, homes of the uh, Supreme Court justices. It, it just tears down our whole system. So thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, Sally. Yeah, you know, um, I'll, I'll say this. Um, well, there, there's actually a lot to unpack there, uh, and I may say this after the break uh, because it's it's a little bit too much here, and it's 9.52, so we're going to take a short time out here. We'll come right back. We'll take more phone calls, and we'll respond to some of that as well. Uh, there's a lot of depth to this. I want your thoughts at 216-901-0945. We are not packed with guests today as we are most Fridays. We are making this truly a free-for-all, so it's a great time to get your thoughts in. We'll take your calls right after this. By the way, what about the leak itself? What about the leak, which, again, for the first 24 hours or so, was a bigger story than the Roe versus Wade draft opinion and whether or not Roe versus Wade would be overturned. Just the fact that almost certainly a leftist law clerk working for one of the leftist justices leaked this to the Politico uh, reporter so that they could do what they're doing right now and have this massive fight between now and November for the last six months of Democrat power. What about the leak? Does the White House condemn that? You said the leak raises eyebrows, including for many here in the White House. But does the White House condemn, explicitly condemn this leak and or has seeing this draft been seen as welcome by some here? Uh, I don't think we have a particular view on that other than to say that uh, we certainly note uh, the unprecedented nature of it. They're glad! They're glad! They're always talking about uh, protecting democracy from those who would attack democracy. Democracy has been attacked full frontal. This is a full frontal assault. It's not coming in from the side. It's not a back door. It's not an outflanking. It's a straight-on full frontal attack on democracy to literally surrender the Supreme Court, to destroy the judiciary in such a way. Almost everybody... Democrats and Republicans, liberals and leftists and conservatives, at the time this happened said, oh my goodness, this is outrageous. This is a complete breach of security 
and privacy of the court of the judiciary. It has not been compromised like never before. This is borderline treasonous. That was the response of people on both sides initially, but for about 24 hours. But let 24 and, and another 24 after that go by, and here we sit on day three or four, and what's the president's view? Does he condemn the leak? Um, nope. We don't have an official position on that other than to say we know it's unprecedented. How about saying it's unprecedented and that you will be ordering a full and thorough investigation to catch the leaker? Because it must be a massive punishment. It must be an enormous, an enormous, uh, very public trial of said individual. Criminal charges, not just being disbarred and losing a law license. Criminal in order to make sure that no one ever tries this again. They're trying to use the January 6th Capitol Hill defendants to set a precedent so that no one ever commits insurrection again. It's not an insurrection. But they're trying to use them and to play hardball with them in order to set a precedent. Why don't you do this? Why isn't Joe Biden and, and propaganda patty his mouthpiece? Why aren't they at podiums saying this is outrageous, this is something that should never be allowed, we will get to the bottom of it, we will find the leaker, and we will prosecute the leaker to the fullest extent of the law, because this cannot happen. Releasing a draft opinion, thus setting off a firestorm of potential violence and riots across the country over something as dramatic as this. Propaganda Patty says, well, we don't really have an official position. Yeah, we're mindful about it, but, you know, it's up to the Department of Justice if they're going to do anything about it. Simply unbelievable. Except for the fact that these are demon rats. And demon rats acting in such manner is, well, absolutely believable. We're going to take a time out here for the news. We're going to come back on the other side of the news. Now we're going to talk about the right to life with Ohio right to life. We're going to have some questions not only about Roe versus Wade and about this entire thing when we speak with with, uh, Elizabeth Whitmarsh, Director of Communications for Ohio Right to Life, but perhaps about a couple of other things as well, including how truly committed they are to life at Ohio Right to Life. Yeah, I'll explain that when I ask her that question coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us. On a free-for-all Friday, plenty of time for your calls on whatever it is. If you don't want to talk about the Roe versus Wade and the leak of the draft opinion, you can talk about anything that you want. We do have a lot of stories to get into today between now and noon. So by all means, 216-901-0945, the phone lines will be yours uh, on this Friday. It's the sixth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And as evidence of that, another big story you can find at alwaysright.us, the FDA has limited the use of the Johnson & Johnson profit jab. Why? 
Um, I don't know, because they can kill you. They have admitted now the FDA, which gave the emergency authorization to use and to, to force, to mandate jabs into the arms of all Americans in order to keep their jobs or in order to go onto campuses and schools. Now the FDA that gave that emergency use authorization says, yeah, they could kill you, literally due to risk of life-threatening blood clots. A year after, it lifted the pause on the one-shot regimen taken by over 18 million people. The decision comes after an investigation revealed that those who got the shot from J&J were at increased uh, risk for thrombosis and thrombocytopenia syndrome. That syndrome creates blood clots, decreases blood platelet levels, and the symptoms in those cases uh, are starting just one to two weeks after receiving the jab. But a year later, after forced jabbing mandates... And the only warnings they wanted us to know about were two. One, safe. Two, effective. That's it. Any of us who questioned safe and effective as the only side effects of these forced jabs, we were canceled. We were anti-science. You get booted from Facebook for making such suggestions. We said we don't want to take these things until there is a long-term study of them, not just a guess. And look, I appreciate President Trump and everything he did, too. But Operation Warp Speed was Operation Danger Zone. Because doing this at warp speed, even though everybody demanded it, meant putting putting toxins into arms without having any idea what the long-term effects would be. How did we know? Because a long-term of period, long term of time rather, had not yet passed. And now a long-term, somewhat relative anyway, has passed. And now we're starting to see exactly what we were afraid of. If there was any risk, then a mandate cannot happen. You cannot force people to take risks at the, at the threat of losing their jobs. And oh, by the way, as long as we're on it super quick before our interview... Story number two, MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, has done a study, and they have found that COVID vaccines are significantly associated with a jump in emergency heart problems. The COVID non-vaccine vaccines, the forced profit jabs, that's what they were. They were never, ever inoculators. They did not inoculate people from getting this virus, as you know. But they called them vaccines anyway because they thought it would make people feel safe. Well, now we know, at least, according to MIT, a 25% jump in emergency heart problems for people in the healthiest time of their lives, 16 to 39. That's what MIT found. So, yeah, you keep trusting the government with this, uh, with this uh, uh, medical, uh, medical experimentation on the population. All right, uh, now let's get back to the lead story of the day, of course, and that is... How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they save babies' lives? How dare they suggest that the states should decide whether or not babies get to live or whether or not they get to be murdered with edged weapons? Blades stuck inside of a mother, scraping and tearing them apart limb from limb. How dare they? That's been the reaction of the American left. That was Kamala Harris. We're going to get a better reaction now, I bet, from our guest from the Ohio Right to Life. Uh, Elizabeth Whitmarsh is the communications director there. She joins us to talk about what this means in the state of Ohio and really maybe across the country. Elizabeth, thank you for the time. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I would imagine everyone at every Right to Life organization in Ohio and elsewhere is feeling very, very good right now, at least about the draft opinion. However, 
Are you guys taking this a uh, taking a wait and see cautious approach approach before you celebrate too much? Because we don't know a if this draft opinion has been a hundred percent verified, and b whether or not it will stick, given all of the protests that are going on around the country and the attempts to intimidate the justices themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You uh, hit it right on the nail. We are being cautiously optimistic here. Um, obviously, our hopes and our prayers are, you know, a, geared towards the strength of our justices to hold to the um, draft opinion that was released. Um, but you never know what can happen, especially with the absolute vitriol that's coming from the left at I mean, they're targeting the justices' houses, right? They're they're threatening the lives of these um, justices, and I wouldn't doubt that they're not threatening the the lives of their family members. I I mean, they're we we really need to lift them up in in prayer. And so, yes, we're absolutely being cautiously optimistic about this. Um, one of our strategic um, points that we're doing is we're trying to plan um, as much as possible to be prepared here in the state of Ohio when the decision does fall, so that if it does fall in our favor and Roe is overturned, Ohio can be an abortion-free state. So we're trying to um, go through all the steps that are necessary in order for us to be 100% prepared. And if it doesn't go completely in our favor, um, you know, we'll still trust God and, and we'll still do all that we can do to protect the lives of the unborn here in Ohio. But we're going to, you know, go all the way leading up to this decision and do all that we possibly can to ensure that when the decision does come down, we're prepared for a post-pro America and a post-pro Ohio. Yeah, that's what um, pro-lifers, which is the opposite of pro-deathers, have been hoping for for a very long time, to live in a post-pro America. Let's talk about what it means for our state. Uh, Obviously, we have the heartbeat bill, which which is now law. And that's a good thing. When a fetal heartbeat is detected, uh, abortion is is uh, is banned thereafter. Do you see our state legislature, our, our general assembly, seeking to go further, strengthen that once Roe, if Roe is overturned, and it is completely up to uh, state by state, uh, uh, you know, legislature's decisions? Do you think that they will try to go closer to just after conception or in another direction with respect to strengthening the? Uh, uh, the anti-abortion laws. Absolutely. Um, Ohio Right to Life right now, we are working hand-in-hand with the General Assembly. We have um, two bills in the General Assembly right now, one in the Senate, one in the House. Um, it is called the Human Life Protection Act, and what that bill does is it effectively bans abortion from the moment of conception. So we are absolutely trying to go further than the heartbeat uh, Bill, because we we know, Bob, that 62% of abortions happen typically before the heartbeat is even detected in the state of Ohio. And so we want to protect all life. We don't want to just say that, you know, the, these lives, if they if they have a, a heartbeat, they can be protected, but the lives who don't, can, it, they, they can go. No, we want to protect all life, and all life is sacred. There There shouldn't be any arbitrary, you know, rules that are placed on which lives are worthy of protection and which lives are not. So we are absolutely calling on our General Assembly to pass the Human Life Protection Act, and it looks as though they're dedicated to doing that. We've been speaking with them quite frequently, especially since uh, the the Dobbs leak decision came out, um, or the, the draft, excuse me, um, right. came out. We've been talking with them constantly, really working on this. The governor 
Uh, Governor DeWine has also alluded to the fact that he absolutely will sign it if passed. So we have full faith and full confidence that Ohio State's veto-proof majority in the General Assembly and our pro-life governor will make it happen so that every life, whether you're in the womb or whether you're on your way to, to natural death, that every life will be protected and no lives will be dehumanized and seen as less than. We're talking with Elizabeth Whitmarsh. She's the Director of Communications for Ohio Right to Life. Is there a difference between Ohio Right to Life and Ohio Right to Life PAC, the Political Action Committee? And so they're, they're both um, under the same umbrella. The difference is really just legalese. Um, we uh, operating as a C3 versus a, a C4. There are certain things that our PAC is able to do um, that are regular Ohio Right to Life organization is not able to do, like endorse candidates or um, really get political. And so we created our PAC so that we can get pro-life candidates elected. That's so important. Um, so part, of, part of the conversation with the pro-life issue is absolutely we need to educate the, the general public and we need to go out there and advocate for the lives of the unborn. But we also need to get pro-life leaders in office so that they can create these bills and pass these bills and sign them that are needed to protect the unborn. And so we we have a, a pact so that we can endorse pro-life candidates. And just looking at the past election that just happened this Tuesday, we it, it, it's proven that Ohio Right to Life thoroughly vests and endorses the correct leaders that are going to go out there and protect lives. We won 11 okay, that's, out of that's 12 one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons I asked you. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I asked you the question, because are you sure about that? You sure you picked the right uh, pro-life leaders? Because Ohio. the reason I asked you if there's a separation between Ohio Right to Life and Ohio Right to Life PAC is Ohio Right to, right to Life PAC, which you just explained, can do the endorsement. I endorsed Mike DeWine. Um, and, and I'm curious as to how you guys do your vetting, considering that Mike DeWine determined during the lockdown of 2020 and early 2021 that essential operations that were allowed to stay open during the COVID scare included abortion clinics, not doctor's offices and dentists and, 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 and uh, dermatologists and other, other actual medical facilities, but the baby uh, abortion mills were allowed to stay open under Mike DeWine's directives and also under the person that he appointed to run the state at that time, which was Dr. Amy Acton, a noted abortion supporter and abortion doctor. So I was confused, to be quite honest. I love Ohio Right to Life. I love all the Right to Life groups because our mission is the same, yet this group endorsed somebody whose, mm-hmm. whose commitment to stopping abortion was questionable at best, given his actions in, in appointing the director of health in the state of Ohio, appointing an abortionist. Um, so, how did right? To, how did Ohio Right to Life come to the conclusion that he was the most right to life person to uh, to receive an endorsement for governor? Yeah. So, thank you so much for asking that question. I would love to clarify. Uh, governor Mike DeWine did not uh, deem abortion clinics essential. He actually deemed them non-essential and ordered them to be closed, and a federal judge overturned that. And then after they overturned that, Governor Mike DeWine and Attorney General Dave Yost fought that tooth and nail to close down abortion clinics, and unfortunately, they lost the case. But Governor Mike DeWine did not deem abortion clinics essential. He deemed them non-essential and ordered them to be closed. 
So that is how, if I may, if I may, how how did the governor fight a, the federal order? If you're saying that it was the federal government that that kept those clinics open, and that Mike Dewine wanted them to be, I mean, first of all, I thought that the state had the right to make their decision, um, because you know, again, the governor did technically Amy Acton acting on behalf of the governor made all of these decisions um and so you're saying that the the states the state of ohio did not have the right to make their own decisions on what was essential and what was not essential that the federal did the federal government do this in all states and decide what was allowed to be open and what wasn't because we were under the impression we all were that this was up to amy acton by way of the power given him by mike dewine her by mike dewine yeah so it, we we did here in the state of ohio deem abortion clinics to be non-essential and when that happened the u.s sixth circuit court of appeals uh overturned that decision when uh general dave yost appealed that so they they put a temporary restraining order by judge michael barrett which allowed the abortion facilities in ohio to continue performing surgical abortions despite the order that the ohio department of health said that all non-essential surgical procedures cease in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, they absolutely deemed it non-essential. So you, you said, can, was, uh, it, was, go, it, a fe- was it a federal judge? Press- uh, I'm sorry, was it a federal judge that you, did you say overturned the state of Ohio's decision in this, or was it a federal order from, from uh, you know, from the, the executive branch? It was a, uh, it, it was Judge Barrett, in the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Okay, that's that. That's what I wanted to find out. And and do you know, or are you aware, um, of the federal government or federal judges dictating to other governments, other state governments? And I know you don't work for those, and you, you don't work for this government right. either. You work for High Right to Life, but we're speaking on the government here. Do you know if this was was a practice elsewhere, or was this specific to Ohio? I'm not completely sure about what happened in other states. Mm -hmm. I just know that that is what happened here in the state of Ohio. We released press releases at the time when it was going on. So if you want to see exactly um, what our take was at that time, it's ohiolife.org. And you can go to our press releases from um, April 2nd and April 6th. We were uh, released two in response to this. And so we do have it documented. this is but, April. Yeah, this is April. I, I do not April, know April what, of twenty. What I'm sorry. In other this is April of 2020, Elizabeth. You're talking about uh, in, the, in the time. Okay, good. I appreciate that because that's exactly what I will go to look for. I was. I'm actually on the Ohio Right to Life uh, page right now, and I have not found anything like that. This is Ohio, uh, the Ohio Right to Life hack page, I guess it is, but I have not yet seen that, so I will certainly look that up, and I'm very glad to get that clarification, because a lot of us who are not uh, supportive of what uh, Mike DeWine did with lockdowns have been very, very frustrated and upset by the fact that those clinics were indeed allowed to stay open. Uh, so if you're saying this was something that he fought against, and that the uh, federal, a federal judge struck down his argument, uh, if you will, then I will appreciate that and accept that clarification. Still won't make me support him, but I will certainly accept that <laughs> if he fought for for, uh, for uh, the end of the abortion, or at least the closure of the abortion clinics during that time. So we're all celebrating, at least temporarily, and I'm glad you and the rest of the folks at Ohio Right to Life are cautiously optimistic about that draft opinion. Of course, there's a lot of work to be done before Roe is completely overturned, and I know you and the folks at Ohio Right to Life will be doing that. So we thank you so much for that and also for your time this morning. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you giving me the chance to clarify 
Yes, ma'am. I, I, that's absolutely need to be clarified, and I'm so glad that you did it. That's the reason we bring people on to ask them the questions. Things like this need to be answered. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. Have a good day. Elizabeth Whitmarsh, she is the uh, communications director of the Ohio Right to Life organization. Uh, so she is saying that it wasn't the governor that said the abortion clinics get stay open. It was the federal government. Well, rather, a federal judge who said, nope, uh, you can't close those clinics during COVID, which is bizarre because a lot of other medical clinics and a lot of other, uh, you know, what are deemed to be non-essential health situations were shut down during that time. So the federal judge is responsible for this. All right. That's good to know. Uh, 1026, quick time out. Right back. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1029 on this Free for All Friday. So that was our only guest of the day, Elizabeth Whitmarsh from Ohio Right to Life. They are working very hard to try to finish the job, if you will, of banning abortions in the state of Ohio, which is exactly uh, what must be done uh, in Ohio and many, many other states if Roe versus Wade is indeed overturned and it is returned to the states to make these decisions. So it is good to know that the Ohio Right, Life, right, uh, right to Life is on that job. Now, that's not stopping the left from screaming that everything is going to fall apart if we start saving more babies' lives. If Roe versus Wade is overturned and babies live, oh my goodness, you have no idea how bad things could really get. Right, Hillary? This opinion is dark, it is incredibly dangerous, and it is not just about a woman's right to choose. It is about much more than that. And I hope people now are fully aware of what we're up against, because the only answer is at the ballot box to elect people who will stand up for every American's rights. And any American who says, look, I'm not a woman, this doesn't affect me, I'm not black, that doesn't affect me, I'm not gay, that doesn't affect me. Once you allow this kind of extreme power to take hold, you have no idea who they will come for next. This extreme power to take hold. What extreme power are we talking about? We're talking about letting the states decide whether or not babies will be butchered anytime, anywhere, at any stage of gestation, for any reason. The states will make the decisions. The people will vote. The people will decide. They'll tell their legislatures what they want. And if they don't get what they want, then they'll elect new legislators. That is exactly how this is supposed to be done. What does being black or gay have to do with anything? The, the party of identity politics is at a loss here on how to defend baby butchery. So they have to go into other areas and say, this is going to affect blacks and gays and LGBT. It is absolutely not. All it's going to do is save the lives of babies that otherwise would have been torn limb from limb. That's it. That's all this is going to do. And they can't handle it. Phone lines will be open back up after the news. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Or at the sound off button on alwayswrite.us. Alwayswrite.us. Check it out. We'll be back. With the mainstream media, it's always left. 
Tune your radio to the right and find a voice of reason amid the liberal chaos. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 1038. Free for All Friday continues. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. Don't forget to check out Always Right Radio at alwaysright.com. I got plenty of room uh, for comments from the um, Sound Off page as well. So if you are not yet there, go to the Sound Off page, or excuse me, rather go to the Sound Off button on the home page and leave a message for me like this one. Hey, Bob. Mike DeWine hired a radical abortionist health director. Mike DeWine deemed abortion clinics essential, but dental visits and hernia surgeries were not. Mike DeWine raised taxes, supported red flag laws, and expanded government. He forced masking and bribed people with taxpayer money to get an injection. He abused his power. Now, swap Mike DeWine's name with Nan Whaley. Aside from the R and D, I can't see a difference. So my vote this November is going for independent Neil Peterson. And I hope to God everybody else says the same thing. Because without the Democrat support, coupled with everybody that didn't vote for him, we should be able to smoke both Nan Whaley and Mike DeWine. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlie, I appreciate the message at alwayswrite.us. Good stuff. Uh, I agree with every bit of that call, except for the part about DeWine, only because we just did an interview with the Ohio Right to Life organization, and she was right. I looked it up, and DeWine did try to. Now, let's be very clear here. I am Mike DeWine's biggest critic and opponent, probably, in the state of Ohio. What he did to this state was simply unforgivable and indefensible, uh, and it continues to be a problem because there are still businesses suffering, hemorrhaging money, lost so much during the lockdown period and then the Gestapo period after that where they were allowed to reopen at 25% capacity, and only with the Gestapo secret police coming in to make sure people were seated because the virus doesn't go down uh, to, to table level. It only exists up above when you stand up. All of that crap that crushed Ohio businesses, restaurants, bars, gyms, and more, I'll never forgive, ever but having said that, I'm also fair because this is what we do. Uh, what the representative of the Ohio right, right to Life had to say was true. I did look it up. And DeWine did try to close down the abortion clinics at the same time as all of those other facilities. And they were allowed to remain open upon the order of a federal judge. So what Elizabeth Whitmarsh told me was accurate. So we have a million reasons to make sure Mike DeWine is not governor again, which is why I backed Jim Renacci so strongly in the uh, primary election, in the primary race. But that particular criticism of his is one that is not valid. I am nothing if not fair, and that is what I try to be. I criticized a lot of people, a lot of candidates, for a lot of reasons in the uh, primary races, even to their faces during interviews. And I got messages from them time and again. You were tough but fair. And I thank them for that, because uh, that's what I'm going to continue to be. And Mike DeWine, I will be tough, and I will be his biggest critic again, but I will be fair. And that part of it is accurate, what uh, Elizabeth just told me. Charlie, thanks for that message. Uh, let's go to live phone calls now, and we'll talk to uh, Chuck in Cleveland. Hey, Chuck, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420. The answer, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, I have kind of a quandary or a question for you. Okay. Now, this is supposed to, the Supreme Court Justice 
retires in June. And isn't that when Katanji Brown Jackson goes in? Yes, she would be sworn in upon the official retirement of uh, of. Uh, That's Breyer, when Justice the vote Breyer. on Roe Wade comes out. Well, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a vote for a vote. Now, so they would both be. Here's anti. my question. Okay. How can you rule on women's rights if you cannot define a woman? Well, that's a question we've all been asking ever since she decided that she's not a biologist and therefore doesn't know what a woman is. Okay, um, I, I agree abortion is murder. And I think these protesters out in front of the Supreme Court justices should be arrested for harassment, not protesting. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the call. And, and yeah, I will, I will comment on that, Chuck. Um, to to that part because that's the easy part. Protesting at people's places of business, or particularly at government places of business, where you know, protesting outside the Capitol, protesting outside of the Supreme Court, protesting outside of even the White House, to the extent that you can get near the White House because of security. Um, those things are perfectly acceptable. That's where protests happen. Protesting on the mall in Washington, D.C., protesting at state capital sites. As long as they're peaceful, those are the places to do it. When you move those protests to private residences, you are now not just protesting, you are harassing not just the individual, the elected official, or the appointed official that is making policy. You are harassing their families. You're harassing their neighbors. It is completely inappropriate and, to me, completely illegal, and I think they should be stopped from doing so. I agree with that. To the first part, though, where you said, how can Katanji Brown-Jackson, once she becomes a Supreme Court justice, weigh in on any matters having to do with women's rights or abortion, which directly affects women and women's bodies, along with the bodies of the babies they're carrying, if she doesn't know what a woman is? Well, you're right, of course. It's something we have been pointing out for some time now. But the left, well, they apparently get the privilege. It's called leftist privilege. You've probably heard of white privilege, straight and white male privilege. Leftist privilege says we can tell you when women are women and when women are not. And we can tell you when women can get pregnant and when men can get pregnant or when men can't get pregnant. It's up to us to make those decisions. How do I know? Let me give you an example. Gavin Newsom, the left-wing nut governor of the state of California, tweeted uh, on uh, on uh, Wednesday a video of himself arguing against the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and, and the caption above that video that he wrote was, "Quote: If men could get pregnant, this wouldn't even be a conversation. The decision isn't about strengthening families; it's about extremism. It's about control." We will fight for the right to choose, he said. Wait a second. Gav, didn't you just declare, along with the rest of your wingnut American leftist party, that men could get pregnant? You are the reason Apple has put a pregnant man emoji on cell phones. You guys are the reasons why your neighbor to the north the nuttier people of Oregon, and the nuttier governor than you, which is almost impossible to comprehend. But a nuttier governor than you, Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, just to your north, they just signed a law called the Menstrual Dignity Act. 
It requires schools to place feminine hygiene product products, i.e. tampons and panty liners, in boys' bathrooms. Wait, what? Why why would why would you need feminine hygiene products in a boys' bathroom? Well, their answer, and your answer, Gavin, is because boys can menstruate. Did you know that boys can get periods? Did you know that? How about that? Did you know that boys can get pregnant? They literally, This story literally came down yesterday. At the same time, the left is now saying, men can't get pregnant. That's why they are doing something as terrible as this, this extremist position to take women's reproductive rights away from them because they can't get pregnant. They don't know what it's like. <laughs> you are putting tampons next to urinals and telling us now that men can't get pregnant. Which is it, you lunatics? Here's a spoiler alert. If you can use a urinal, you don't need a menstrual a, a menstrual hygiene product uh, in that bathroom. If you can use a urinal that is hanging on a wall, then you don't need a menstruation hygiene product in a dispenser right next to it. You can't menstruate. And you can't conceive a child. You cannot carry a child. You cannot produce an egg, okay? Let's make this very clear. But they are the ones who have confused this. Gavin Newsom. I love the response, by the way, of Benjamin Watson, the former all-pro tight end, NFL tight end, huge pro-life advocate, conservative-minded individual, who tweeted in response to Gavin Newsom yesterday, it must be incredibly exhausting to be required to constantly remember which men can and which men can't get pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And, he, and, and the beauty of it is, this is where intersectionality becomes so entertaining to watch. You know, this is when you pull up your chair and you get your popcorn and you just start watching them go at each other, right? When they have to try to somehow defend women as a protected class, thus identifying them as being childbearers, at the same time as trying to convince everybody that we have to defend the trans crowd as a protected class, saying they truly are women. Trans women are real women, meaning males who wear dresses and lipstick and say they really know they're females, they are real females, and they can get pregnant. <laughs> it's, the intersectionality battles between these loons is entertaining. Pass the popcorn. So here you have Gavin Newsom saying, if men could get pregnant, they would know. Now being attacked by the LGBTQ uh, uh, uh Rainbow Mafia, if you will, for being anti-trans, for being a transphobe, because he said men can't get pregnant unless they can. But yet men are to blame for this attack on women, because women suddenly exist. I opened the Dennis Prager show yesterday with a little bit of a monologue on women being used by the left for purposes, political purposes, that have nothing to do with their actual womanhood. Um, I opened with a statement on women who are used as tools. 
They are only women when they can be used as a tool, a political tool, a pawn on a chessboard to be moved around for political advantage. That's when women will be allowed to be called women. As long as they don't need women to be the victims and and to be part of a protected class against misogyny by men, like overturning Roe versus Wade, as long as they don't need women to be victims and part of a protected class against sexism committed by men, particularly straight white men, well, then women don't exist. Then Ketanji Brown-Jackson can be confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States without knowing how to define one. But when they need them to be a protected class, when they need them to be victims of misogyny and sexism, now we have no problem identifying what a woman is. A woman is somebody who can get pregnant and have a baby. And thus, a woman is the only one who can decide whether they want to have that baby or if they want to have it killed with an edged weapon. That is the reality. Women don't exist on the American left until they are needed to exist for victimhood purposes which lets you know the reality that the American left has no core principles. They don't believe they're trans BS about trans women being real women. They don't believe they're BS about trans men being actual men. They don't believe it for a second. Because when the rubber hits the road, They automatically have to default to what you and I and we have all known since the beginning of time. And that is that ain't but two genders, two genders, ain't nothing but men and women. And we'll be right back. Ten fifty five. AM 1420, The Answer. Let's go to Westlake. Charlie has been waiting patiently. You're up, Charlie. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking the call again. Certainly. Hey, I'm, I'm listening to what Hillary said, that this is going to be much, much more than just about life. And I'm thinking she's actually right. This is the ultimate cultural issue. The left is going crazy because they're going to have to modify their behaviors, their sexual activity. It's going to put a big lid on this hookup culture we've developed, especially if they uh, ban the pill. And that's what they're talking about is in Texas, getting rid of the birth control pill because that is an abortifacia. You know, if people take a handful of those, it kills the baby. You get rid of the pill, women are going to have to act like women and not act like men anymore. It's going to really, really change things. And well, I give they're... Trump all the credit for this. I really do. It's Trump's, These are Trump's three Supreme Court justices. I'm glad it happened under Biden, but, but I'm... Uh, very happy for. I think uh, yeah, but they're not going to blame Biden. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to blame Trump because of the appointments of Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. You're right about that. And and thanks for the call, Charlie. And yeah, I mean, look, they want the ability to have sex whenever they want, wherever they want, without the consequences. That's what abortion provides. No consequence. Ah, doggone it, got knocked up again. That's all right. Seven hundred fifty bucks later, I'll take care of this. They want. They use abortion. Quite frankly, the American left. They use abortion as birth control rather than using protective devices ahead of time, which, again, I know if you go to the strict letter of the Catholic law uh, is, is, is not permissible either, but it is certainly preferable to actually having a child conceived and then killing that child because of the convenience or the inconvenience that it poses, right? 
But yes, this puts a damper on their lifestyle. I keep seeing this women's right to choose, women's right to choose, right to choose. Well, you know, you have a right to choose. You and the male that impregnates you, you have a right to choose. And you know when that, that right really kicks in? Right before you fall over on your back and you let him get on top of you. And I'm sorry if that sounds graphic. That's the reality. Here's your choice because when you have sex, what are you expecting the outcome to be? How are you acting shocked if suddenly a baby is the result of that? What did you expect? A flat screen TV? If you choose to be cavalier and recreational with your sexual activity, this is a distinct possibility, and you better be prepared for that possibility. That's all that we are saying, and they know it, and they don't want to have to be more careful. They don't want to have to be less cavalier. They want to be as recreational and wild as they can without any consequences. And a baby is, the, is, is that consequence, and they don't want to have to acknowledge it. Uh, thank you, uh, Charlie. Let's go to Lakewood next. Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. You're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, good morning. <clears throat> I just want to say that there's this argument that things are going to be so much more difficult for women now, you know, if, if Roe is overturned. This is such a lie. Both Colorado and California have both declared themselves sanctuary states. They are actually reaching out to try to get women to come to their state so that they can kill babies there. In Colorado, they have something called the Cobalt Abortion Fund, where they actually pay all of the costs associated with the woman having to come from another state to come into Colorado to kill her baby. So they will pay a plane for a plane ticket. They'll pay for the hotel. They'll pay for a lift car. If the, the woman has a child at home and she has to leave that child, they'll pay for a babysitter. I mean, this is ridiculous. They are bending over backwards. And this is a, they have a national network of funding for, for this. So they will do anything they have to do to ensure that women are able to still kill their babies because this is what they live for. This is like a religion for these people. Well, um, I, I, can, I can trump that. That story you just told is horrific, by the way. And you're, everything you just said is accurate about it, but I can trump that. Rather than a state, I've got a company. I've got a company that is doing the exact same thing you just said that Colorado and California are doing, reimbursing women to travel to their states to have abortion. And I want people to think about this the next time they want to use free shipping and get it right away from Amazon. Amazon has offered to pay up to $4,000 to reimburse their employees' travel expenses if they've got to fly out of the state that they're in or travel out of the state that they're in to go to a state where they can get their abortions. They say that this new policy of overturning uh, Roe versus Wade, if it is overturned, degrades motherhood. But what they are willing to do is literally pay their employees. Oh, I got an employee working for us at Amazon who got knocked up, who doesn't want the baby, you got to go to another state because we're in a red state. Don't worry, we got you, we'll pay for it. So they're literally paying the women to go where they need to go to get their uh, to get their abortions. So think about that for just a second. Your story is 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 horrific. I think this one is even worse when we're talking about a private company. Can I just say one more thing, Bob? Sure. Anyone who didn't hear you yesterday when you subbed for Dennis, mm-hmm. I beg of those people to please, please listen to your show from yesterday. I have, in all my years of listening to the radio, I can't ever re- remember being as moved as I was 
by your personal story. It had me crying. It had me just, I was, it, it was such an incredible human moment that you were kind enough to share with your audience. And well. it puts into, it put into so much perspective the difference between people who love the children that they are carrying. Your birth mother loved you enough to give you up to someone who she knew would give you a better life. And your adoptive mother loved you enough to go back over and over again to make sure that she got the baby that she knew that she was destined to have. It was an incredible story. I thank you for sharing it. And anyone who didn't hear it, please, please listen to that. I uh, I really appreciate your, your words, Cheryl, and I thank you so much for this call. Um, what she's talking about, uh, was un- unplanned. It was uh, it was impromptu. We started the second hour of the Prager Show yesterday, joking about the fun music that was being played as a bumper music on Cinco de Mayo, and I don't even know how it just carried into what it did. But I started talking about life, and I started talking about my own, and um, it was totally unscripted and unrehearsed and unplanned. But I have been getting a lot of reactions like that, and uh, all I can say is thank you. I'll be right back. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at 10 minutes after 11 o'clock on this week for all Friday, the sixth morning, the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. So um, the last call of the hour uh, there from Cheryl in Lakewood uh, prompted me to share this. Uh, I, I, I put it on my webpage. I put it on alwayswrite.us um, because her, her emotion um, was shared by a lot of people who reached out to me after I did the Prager show yesterday. Um, they were, they found they found value in what I did. It was totally, totally, totally unscripted and unplanned. You'll see for yourself. I, I just posted it during the break. My guest hosting of the Prager Show yesterday. It's a, it's not the entire show. It's about forty five minutes of my my commentary, and it looks like the beginning of hour two's commentary is at about the twenty minute mark of the of the clip that I just posted. It's a 45-minute, 46-minute uh, clip from my Prager appearance yesterday. 
And it's uh, at about the 20, 21, 22 minute mark. You'll see the beginning of hour. You'll hear the hour of be, uh, the beginning of hour number two in which uh, I came on tom- commenting and talking about the music that was chosen for Cinco de Mayo. It was really hilarious. And it brought back memories of my childhood is what it did. Because my mother used to play that song all the time. And uh, it just morphed into me talking about my childhood. And I started talking about how my childhood wouldn't have existed had it not been for my birth mother. And then I told the story of my, my birth and my uh, mother giving me up and my adoption. And I'm not going to repeat it for you here. It's, it doesn't work that way. I don't even know how I did it yesterday, to be honest with you. But since Cheryl just brought it up, and a number of people have emailed me and messaged me about how they, they took something from it. I won't overstate it. Uh, but they took something of value from it. And if anybody else wants to hear what I had to say, uh, that part of the Prager Show is up. It's at alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us, top of the page. As a matter of fact, you'll just see a little link there to the Prager Show, and it'll uh, you can play it right there from the page. So I'll leave it at that. Now, having said that, I will play for you, and I do feel like I kind of need to, the first part of the show, because it defined what I was just talking about with you in a much more condensed version of what women are and how women are used by the American left as pawns, how women are identified and in need of protection against evil men who seek to strip their rights away when it comes to matters of abortion and killing babies, but how women don't exist when it comes to protecting them from, I don't know, male athletes taking their sports away from them, males assaulting and attacking them in same-sex bathrooms or basically unchecked bathrooms where they're not divided by gender. Ain't but two genders, two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. No women deserve to be protected when it's the when it's the trans and the LGBTQ mafia, the alphabet mafia crowd that is is needs to be the victims. But when it's you know comes to matters of abortion and killing babies, women are suddenly women again, and they are identified as such. And this is how I opened the Prager Show uh, with that commentary. I feel like it needs to be heard again, and I can't replicate it. So let me just try to give this to you. <clears throat> Uh, or maybe not. Hold on one second here. Let's uh, let's see if we can cue this bad boy up. AM 1420, The Answer. It's the ReliefFactor.com studios of Always Right Radio. Uh, online at alwaysright.us. I always encourage people to check out the website. It's a great uh, assortment of conservative news and views, the most important stories of the day. All, all right, Bob, shut uh, up and get on with it, together will you please? Morning slash afternoon. That's, yeah, afternoon where I am. It's morning maybe on the uh, West Coast uh, of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. So that means happy Cinco de Mayo if you're a celebrant. Aren't you sick of hearing this guy's voice? I swear to goodness I am. Uh, I, I can't take this anymore. All right, get there. Is that women are tools. They're pawns. They're pieces on a chessboard to be moved around for the political benefit of American left elected officials and politicians. That's what women are. There have been people going around college campuses, including friends from the Daily Wire, uh, like Matt Walsh and uh, people like Michael Knowles and Ben Shapiro and a whole bunch of people are going to college campuses, things that I don't do. Charlie Kirk and others and asking, you know, what is a woman to all of these, you know, college educated students, the very best of the best at the brightest institutions of higher learning across the country and asking them a very simple, basic, biological question. What is a woman? 
And none of them can answer. Nobody knows. Well, now we know that according to the left, a, a, a woman is a tool to be used when we need a victim class. When we need a victim class, a protected class to use to advance our ideology, that's when we acknowledge that women exist. They're tools used for our benefit. Don't believe me? Ask any American leftist four days ago what a woman is. They'll be, not be able to tell you. Ask them if you have to be a female, a woman, to have babies, and they'll say no. No, of course not. Women don't get pregnant. People get pregnant. And sometimes those people are men. Sometimes they're males. Don't believe me? Ask emoji. Look at the, or ask emoji. Rather, ask Apple. Look at their emojis, right? Pregnant man. People are people, and why should you discriminate against some people in sports, in swimming, in running, in wrestling, in UFC? People are just all the same. You could be anything that you really think that you might be. Women aren't a thing. Women aren't real. They're just, they're just creations in the minds of individuals. If they feel like a woman, they can say, okay, I am. If I don't, then I'm not. This is what, they ha- what happened up until four days ago. Now suddenly, there's a leak, an unprecedented leak, from the Supreme Court of the United States, probably a leftist law clerk working for one of the leftists on the court, knowing the draft opinion that was being worked on, knowing that Roe versus Wade is about to be overturned, and knowing that they only have six months of power left to try to do something to stop that. Because it's May 5th. Come November 8th, it's all over. Come November 8th, the left's political power by way of the House and the Senate, gone by virtually every and all political scientists and analysts and pollsters. Going to be a runaway train, a red runaway train steaming down the tracks and mowing down every leftist in its way. Maybe a 40 or 50 seat House majority, a strong 3, 4 or 5 seat Senate majority. Their power is gone. So in order to get something done to stop this travesty of the defense and protection and saving of some babies' lives in some states that may indeed place restrictions on abortion access, which is all the overturning of Roe versus Wade would do, of course, it doesn't outlaw abortion. It should, but it doesn't, because it's a state decision. And blue pro-death states will go on being pro-death and killing babies without any any uh, issues whatsoever. But that's not good enough for the blue state pro-death dwellers. They want to make sure that nobody in the red states has their rights to kill babies obstructed or, or infringed upon in any way. Okay, I'm going to stop it there because uh, I just wanted you to hear the first part of what I did on the Prager Show yesterday. It also got a lot of really interesting reactions from people. And since Charlie Kirk uh, is on, of course, here, 
uh, during that noon to 1 o'clock hour. You didn't hear that live on AM 1420, The Answer. So I wanted to give you at least a small taste of it there. And this is the way, uh, this is the way a lot of people are now viewing this, that women are only to be used by the American left for their political benefit. That's it. The American left uses women to be women when they, when they need women victims of misogyny and sexism, and they need women to not exist when the victims need to be trans people or LGBTQ mafia people. That's the reality of it. The American left uses women. They don't respect women. They don't even acknowledge women. I'm going to go to Houston, Texas. Will, you are on uh, AM 1420, The Answer, here in Cleveland. Good to have you listening, uh, hopefully by way of alwaysright.us. How you doing, Will? How you doing, brother? Good, man. What's up? Man, great, great show today. Great show. And you made me think about a couple of things while I was on hold, you know, just in terms of how you're saying how the left uses women as political tools when it's convenient. If you really think about it, they they do black folks the same way. You know, uh, um, whenever it's a, a white cop or a white person involved in some kind of shooting or act of violence, you know, they highlight it and highlight the, the race of the people involved and whatnot and make it a big deal. But but when it comes to weekend after weekend of inner city violence, you know, and there's no white cops involved, you, you barely hear anything about it. Barely hear anything about it. Barely hear a peep, you know, from, from the media, from the left, you know, as, as a whole. And it's, you know, just, just as they do it with, with, with women and, and, and uh, when it's convenient, you know, Right. You know, uh, we, we, we're going to make women rage and protest, but all of that marching and protesting and, and everything, where was all that? Where was all that when Leah Thomas was throwing women out the pool? By, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where was all that marching and screaming and yelling and Elizabeth Warren screaming like, you know, like she's crazy? Where was all that when Leah Thomas was blowing these, these girls out? Nothing. Nothing. Your analogy to the, the way they use black people as victims when they need a victim class uh, and, and ignore it, ignoring them other times is very accurate because I'll point to what I always point to. <clears throat> All black or Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. When George Floyd dies, but when right. you know fifteen to twenty black uh, people are shot to death in Chicago every weekend, Black Lives don't matter. You don't mention it one bit. Why? Because if you identify and acknowledge that fifteen black people were killed in Chicago every weekend, you will also then find that fifteen black shooters did it. And when you got fifteen exactly. black shooters doing it, exactly. then you got to acknowledge and throw them in prison, which of course leads to inequity. In the criminal justice system, so those black lives are just swept under the rug. You will only be used, Will, as a black man, as long as the left has use for you. Same thing with women. And it's it, it's so frustrating, man. It's so because you see it, you see it every day, you see it every day, but you you feel powerless, Bob, because you 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 know what the media is doing, you know what the mainstream social media is doing. And, and but it, you just feel powerless in 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 how they manipulate people. I I I, I um, one one other thing real quick. You know, going back to the whole uh, a female. You know, when you ask them what is a woman, and they just kind of dummy up, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I I, I found that this this article about uh, these thousands of years ago. They they found these 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 bodies, these skulls in Mexico, and where they said that these were. Uh, women from um, that were were decapitated in like a rich rituals, and so, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, so does does that mean that the forensic scientists 
were were bigots and fascists because they identified these bones from a thousand years ago scientifically as women. <laughs> They're clearly transphobes because they don't know which right, of those clearly, identified clearly. as women and which ones did not. And they went ahead and labeled them as women. How dare they? Clearly. How dare How they? How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> well, I appreciate right, brother, you, man. Thanks got, for man. checking in. Yeah, I, I saw that same tweet that Will is talking about. It was a story from CBS News, and the Twitter the tweet has a picture of these skulls in a in like what is essentially a mass grave. And the tweet from Twitter, or excuse me, from uh, CBS says, "Police found 150 skulls at a crime scene in Mexico. It turns out the victims, mostly women, were ritually decapitated over a thousand years ago." So, my response to that is, huh, 150 uh, uh, skulls from a 1,000 years ago, and they are calling them mostly women's skulls? How can they tell? Did they ask the skulls how they identified? Because they couldn't, and yet they said they are mostly women. And, you know, it kind of occurs to me that it's almost as if science actually is needed to determine the gender of human beings. How about that? Science in the skulls, the DNA, the size, the shape. Science tell, uh, tells us all that these were women who were decapitated. What an amazing development that is. I wonder if anybody in 2022 will recognize the, the same thing. I'll be right back. By the way, I asked um, J.D. Vance, the new Republican candidate uh, nominee for the uh, Senate seat yesterday, what a woman is. He didn't hesitate. So many people, including conservatives, not sure how to answer that. I asked J.D. Vance that yesterday. He said an adult human female. I said, okay, then what's a female? And he described a female. That's exactly what it takes. No equivocation, no hesitation. Acknowledge and, 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 and understand that women are women and men are men, and the two do not cross over one another. Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville. Hey, Norm, go ahead, sir. Bob, <clears throat> just as I will probably be holding my nose to vote for J.D. Vance, I hope you will do the same for Governor DeWine. If you look at Nan Whaley's Not a chance. Not a chance. Record. Okay. Go, go ahead. Make your uh, case, though. I'll listen. I, I don't want you to put us through four years of misery of higher taxes and Nan Whaley's plan of mandated vaccinations for all children from birth on up. Now, we always have to look at the research. As Sun Tzu pointed out, know your enemy. And as far as I'm concerned, Nan Whaley is our enemy. She's the enemy of the people. She's the enemy of pro-life, and she is the enemy of this fake vaccine as far as that goes. So, J.D. Vance, I'm going to give him a shot. I'm, I'm, I'm swallowing uh, my bitterness over uh, mm -hmm. Josh Mandel's loss, but I do not want to see that liar, that hypocrite, Tim Ryan, uh, take office as senator of, from Ohio. 
I will vote, as will my wife, for J.D. Vance. And I heard that other caller talk about voting for this independent. Bob, look no further than last Tuesday's primary and look at the hat with that moron, Blystone, did to Jim Renacci's campaign by basically causing 25% of the vote to go to him, Blystone, that possibly could have been split or possibly could have gone to Renacci. But well, you're, you're, say- you're, you're right about that, uh, Norm, and um, I've got to get to our news here, so thank you. I'm going to respond to tell you why I respectfully disagree on DeWine. I agree with you on Vance, and I've said so. I told GD, J.D. that yesterday. I'm going to rally people uh, uh, in his defense and support him to stop Tim Ryan and hope for the best, that he becomes as conservative as he talks about being when he's in that office. So I'm with you on Vance. I am not with you on DeWine. I'll explain why after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. Propaganda is the biggest threat to your health. Get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. I just got a picture from a conservative friend who's got my cell phone number. Sent me a picture of himself holding his nose. The caption was voting for J.D. Vance. (laughs) And there's a lot of people making J.D. Vance uh, pay for that when he said he might have to hold his nose and vote for Hillary Clinton back during his anti-Trump period in 2016. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what uh, Norm just said, and I want to explain the difference. It would seem to be consistent to do the same thing in the governor's race as you would do in the Senate race, as Norm just said. You know, he explained Nan Whaley is an enemy of the state of Ohio, the enemy of the people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would uh, rather, you know, vote for Mike DeWine. He said, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for J.D. Vance and so forth. I think we need to vote for J.D. Vance, and we need to do so enthusiastically to stop an absolute guaranteed blue vote on every major Senate issue. From packing courts to abolishing filibusters to passing Green New Deals to um, you know statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico, every single one of those, every one of the biggest issues, Tim Ryan would vote in, with the Democrats for. I want somebody who is not going to vote for those things. And while I can't say it to you with 100% certainty that J.D. Vance wouldn't, I have a pretty strong mind that he won't. He may not be the next coming of Ted Cruz in terms of conservatism on the the, uh, Senate side, but he is absolutely going to be 1,000% better than than, uh, uh, Tim Ryan would. In the governor's race, Mike DeWine is not going to be 1,000% better than Ann Whaley. In fact, they're going to have a lot of the very same points of view, particularly on things like freedom for the people of the state of Ohio. And here's my point that you can't look past. Bob Cup, the Speaker of the Republican-led House, and Matt Huffman, the President of the Republican-led Senate, are too weak and ineffective to stand up to Mike DeWine. They won't cross the little tyrant. They could have worked and 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 whipped up the votes to support true and full medical freedom and autonomy for all Ohioans going forward in future pandemics, epidemics, viruses, whatever. They won't. They wouldn't. 
They allowed the best bills to die because they knew that Mike DeWine would veto them, and they didn't want to, even though they have a veto-proof majority, to override their own party's governor. Because they're cowards. But the Republican-controlled Ohio General Assembly will stand up to Nan Whaley. If Nan Whaley wants to do something radical, they will pass legislation in the General Assembly and send it to her, and when she vetoes it, they will override her because they don't have to be show any fealty to Nan Whaley. They will do it and have to do it to Mike DeWine. They just proved it for the last four years. So to me, a vote for Mike DeWine is a vote for the continued um, tyranny that we have seen for the last two and a half years in the DeWine administration. Because the weakness, the, the, the beta attitude of everybody having to defer to Mike DeWine in the Republican-led General Assembly makes that the situation. They will find their backbones, they will find their spines if they have to overturn something or override a veto of something from Nan Whaley. That's the reason I will not hold my nose in my, uh, and vote for Mike DeWine, not in a million years, and neither should anybody else. If this state is going to be destroyed, let Nan Whaley destroy it. Let the Democrats take the blame for it, not the Republicans. And moreover, maybe our General Assembly will stop her from destroying it, period. They are cowardly and will not stop Mike DeWine, but they may stop Nan Whaley. That's the reason I'm going the way I am. Norm, I appreciate the point of view, and thank you for the uh, clarification. Uh, Cheryl is in Medina. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yes, hi, um, Bob. I want to thank you for coming to Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Uh, recently, you're one of our most favorite speakers. Oh, that's um, nice I wanted to, a uh, couple of points. I wanted to pro- uh, propose the definition for women. I'm not the first to say it, but it makes the most sense for me, and that's XX or XY, period. You can put them on the bathrooms, whatever. And if people don't want that, they can show how chromosomes can change over time. Okay, so that was the first point. The second point was a good about, about abortion, and that is, are you going to put somebody else before yourself? Are you going to put yourself first? And one of the best Christian foundations is you put others first, and there's no better example than Jesus and what he did for us. And another example was about your adoptive mom. So I thought those are my two points. Okay. Well, I thank you for both of them, uh, and they're very well received. Uh, that's very kind of you to say. Um, and yes, I think anybody that makes a decision in support of somebody else's life uh, is doing a, a an heroic thing. Uh, it it is the it is the I don't know it is the epitome of 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 self sacrifice. If you are willing to do something that's going to be hard and difficult and terrible for you, but it is the right thing for someone else. And uh, when my my birth mother chose not to kill me or have me killed. Uh, and chose to instead, uh, and knowing she couldn't keep me, chose instead to give birth to me and let someone else raise me and put me up for adoption. Uh, that's exactly what that was. If you don't know why this is a story, it just came up completely unplanned yesterday during the, the Prager show. Uh, that show and that story is on the webpage right now at alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us, right at the top of the page. I won't repeat it on these airwaves. I don't even know why I said it on the airwaves yesterday as we talked about abortion and adoption and so forth, but uh, but I did, and if you want to hear it, it's uh, on alwayswrite.us right now. Last call of the day is from Jerry. In, oh, we're okay, good. Uh, Jerry, Jerry just fell off the line, so that gives me a chance to make my closing statement on this. There are only three letters difference 
between these two words. Three letters. And I put this on Facebook to see how many people could figure it out. And I put it on Truth Social. And not too many people figured it out. So I'm just going to share it with you briefly. There are only three letters of difference between these two words. Very, very small difference. Right? But the difference in practicality, the difference in reality, is the difference between life and death. The word abortion has only three different, three letters different than the word adoption. B-O-R replaced by D-O-P. And you have the difference between life and death. I hope everybody considers that because it's the only reason you're hearing my voice right now is someone chose adoption. Thank you, everyone. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.